Episode 25, TCG Nonsense with Jesse Rhodes Gibson, Sports Boy of Sports Cards Nonsense, Part 2. Welcome to the 25th episode of the Car Diary by Javier Thompson. I'm your host, Danny Cards, and thank you for tuning in. To paraphrase Jay-Z, you could be listening to any podcast in the world right now, but you're here with me, and for that, I appreciate you so very much. I am recording this on a Monday evening, July 24th, two days before the start of the public going to the Nationals sneak peek Wednesday, since vendors and corporate booths are already getting set up today and tomorrow. And the reason I probably sound more, I don't know, chipper than normal, although it's really late, is just before I started to record this intro, I did a PSA grading reveal of 27 cards, 17 of them gemmed, which is a gem rate of 63%. That's my highest so far. And so go check that out in my Instagram if you'd like, but I will refrain from wasting any time talking about that sub here. And instead, wasted on talking about other stuff. So, wow, 25 episodes, a whole quarter of a century in. Uh, to think two months ago, this podcast didn't even exist. I think that's pretty cool. Um, speaking of quarters, I have two thoughts that came to my mind when I said that word. I've already mentioned how quarters, the Korean restaurant, the Korean barbecue restaurant in Los Angeles is like so good. So if you're in that area, oh my goodness, that place is just amazing. Secondly, quarters uh, as coin currency. I remember using a ton of quarters in arcades as a kid. And, you know, if you're the age, I don't know what the age is, uh, 30 and under, you're probably more used to swiping cards and things like that at Dave and Buster's and arcades nowadays. But yeah, quarters, Street Fighter 2, NBA Jam, uh, which I'll get to in a moment maybe. Oh, yeah. So side note, I wrote this to myself. I think I put this in my feed a long time ago as like a, you know, a thought that I had. But can you imagine if there were cards and card packs as prizes at places like Dave and Buster's, you know, where you get all those tickets for all those like carnival games instead of getting some weird pencil or sticky hand thing that will invariably get stuck to your ceiling? Uh, what, what if you can buy singles or wax? I just, you know, just wanted to put that out there, put that out into the universe. Maybe that'll happen. Cause then I would definitely be at those places a lot more often, I think. So anyway, talking about quarters again, reminds me of arcades and at national again, just two days away from the time I'm recording this. Apparently the CGC booth will have NBA jam among other arcade games. I for one am very excited for this, as you can tell from my Instagram profile pic, and the thing is, you know, you can play arcades anywhere, right? I mean, but in an actual arcade, uh, in that big box, that's a total different story. I mean, you can play it as a video game on your, you know, TV or Xbox or whatever it is. But, you know, to play it with, like, the joystick and, you know, for it to be, like, you know, seeing your opponent in person and even, like, the, you know, not just two players but four players um, and to potentially play it against some of you. I think that just sounds awesome. Uh, so I'm really excited. And I got to say something. Like, I don't like to brag too much, but I'm pretty good in the game. Okay. So just don't, too, just don't feel too bad. Okay. If I win, because that's just what I do. All right. Um, 
So yeah, uh, Jesse uh, was a great guest, and this is going to be part two. Definitely want to see how his NBA Jam skills are. I really enjoy talking to him, and I very much think he's one of the good guys in the hobby. He and Mike Giuseffi. If you haven't heard their podcast, their chemistry is truly infectious, um, but not in the COVID kind of way. All right. Maybe we can make those jokes later. All right. They have this unflappable confidence. I think that just comes with having a lot of reps under their belt and also just an innate kindness. But, well, maybe just Jesse. But where you just know that even if they're just joking like Jesse, it's it's not done to offend or cause harm. And I'm kidding, Mike too. But, you know, the, these people, they're kind of like my my people. Kind people are my kind of people. Um. What else? Because, of course, I could go along with these intros. Uh, I had some more talking points. Oh, boy, this looks pretty long. But I'm going to just go ahead and plow through it, okay? Because we are at the 25th mark, and we are just a couple of days away from national. Um, I'm going to admit that I feel pretty nervous about going to national. And I don't mean traveling, because I've been on plenty of planes in my life, domestic domestically and internationally. Um, but I mean that in the sense of being a content creator in the hobby space, people see me in person. You know, I I don't have like huge body issue, uh, body image issues, but I never shed my quarantine 15, things like that. Um, and, and the thing is, like, I can easily just not talk about this and say, oh, I'm super confident in everything I do. And that content creation comes easy to me. But if I am going to have a podcast and ask my guests to be vulnerable, I have to be vulnerable, too. And. You know, that's just how you get to see the behind the scenes, that type of BTS in podcast and content creation. So uh, the funny thing about all of this, though, is that none of my content is being monetized or do I even foresee it being monetizable? Because uh, unless it's like YouTube, which I don't really have a big presence in, you know, other folks who have huge follower bases and a ton of engagement, at least when it comes to Instagram, you know, I don't think they're monetizing it, so I don't think it's for money. Uh, so this really is just supposed to be fun for me. And so I guess the, the rhetorical or not the non-rhetorical question is, if that is the case, why do I have these nerves? Or, you know, maybe I should just call it what it is, which is anxiety. Um, I don't really hear a lot of content creators and people in the hobby talking about it. And I'm not trying to get all down here, but I don't know. Like, it's... It's something I grapple with, and it's not about the cards themselves. Um, actually, it might be. <laughs> I can get to that in a moment, but I think it's some sort of validation, a wanting of validation from strangers on the internet who soon with National will become actual real people I get to meet. It's silly to seek validation from people on the internet, right? But again, real soon, these are people who will become very real and I ruminate over, will they like me? Will they not like me? Will I like them? Will they live up to the expectations I've set for them in my mind? Will I live up to theirs? Because there's this thing called parasocial relationships. I'll say it slower. Parasocial relationships. And this is something that I'm not going to talk about a lot right now. But I'm st I've only recently learned about it. I'm still trying to process it. But the general definition is that it's a relationship where people think they know you by the content you create. So it really is almost like this modern phenomenon. And again, I'll talk about it another day, but I wanted to bring it up here because this is going to happen really soon where I'm going to meet people who think they know me 
and people are going to meet me and think they know me. But who knows, right? I mean, until you break bread with people, until you talk with them in person, all of the stuff we do online, it's very real. And also it's it's not right. I mean, it's you, you don't really get a sense of a person um, as, as you think you do when you meet them uh, in person. So, you know, this is the kind of stuff that flows through my head, y'all. <laughs> so vulnerability, showing my humanity. We are not silos, folks, or solo. We're not solo silo. But at least, I mean, you can be. You can be one of these collectors who just doesn't do any, um, you know, trading uh, or or selling, buying, selling, trading online. But they're just the folks who I guess all they do is just buy and they just keep it in their basement or in their collection and they just want to be left alone. I get it. But I feel like if you're that type of person, you're really not on social media. You're not consuming content. You're not making content. Definitely not. You are not, you know, trying to make deals online and transact and try to build relationships. You're just like, just everyone's leave me alone. And I just remember that that's kind of how it was not by design or by, you know, by my own, you know, will, but back in the early 2000s and the late 90s, it was just kind of like that. You just had the your local community, your hyper local community where you could just do buying, selling and trading. I don't remember uh, there being a national again until I went uh, the first time being in 2012. That's that's the one I remember. And I don't even remember if I knew of them before then. So having said all that, um, there's also another way to feel <laughs> inadequate and have anxiety uh, cards wise. OK, so I think I've talked about this a lot before, but I don't really have a big collection, nice collection. I think that in a vacuum, if I just think about my collection as it is right now, I am happy with it. I really do get great joy in looking at my cards. I feel like if I just stopped collecting like right now, I'd be like, oh, yeah, you know what? This is pretty good. I like this. But when you do look at the bigger accounts um, with bigger cards, you know, you do get that sense of, oh, my gosh, my cards are inferior. And I think that happens even more as you go towards a local card show or, you know, like the national, which is like the biggest stage of a card show where you're getting your cards together. Right. And you're just gathering them up and you're just like, OK, these are the ones that I want to trade or these are the ones I want to try to sell to dealers. And, you know, I just don't see or hear a lot of people talk about that that anxiety of maybe their cards being inferior and maybe other people just feel like they're not and they're very confident in their cards but again i just feel like the there's the great parts of social media and the bad parts or the not so great parts where you do get a sense of oh my goodness like <laughs> is anyone gonna like my cards should i even bring them so i'm kind of going through that right now i should probably be packing too because i have not packed much at all I am a little bit of a procrastinator. Um, I have tomorrow to pack and then a super early flight Wednesday morning, which um, I have to make. So I will. But in general, when it comes to social media, in, uh, you know, we have friends who go on lavish vacations, have luxury goods, and they show them off on Instagram. And, you know, I guess that you could say that about any hobby too, right? Uh, you can just have that feel of inferiority. But... I feel like all of this is just going to melt away once I get there. I, I at least that's the hope. So to bring it back uh, to cards, content, confidence, when I listen to Jesse and yes, I just, yes, I brought it back full circle. That confidence. I just love to see it. I love to hear it. 
almost in a way absorb it as I listen to him and Mike. They have this great chemistry that I've talked about before, and it really is inspiring. So, Jesse, if you're listening to this, thank you, my friend. I do look forward to beating you in NBA Jam. And with that said, I will finally, finally, finally get to the second half of my chat with sports boy Jesse. Hope you agree that the first half was just so much fun, and let's do some more. Here we go. Until you make it, type of thing. Yeah. Do you feel like this is the longest you've been allowed to speak on a podcast without being interrupted? Well, <laughs> fortunately, I've been on a few like interviews similar to this where oh, you told I me I do find that this is like I like I said I think at the outset of this podcast, it will be hard for me to shut up at times because I will go on a rant and I'll just start talking and. It'll be great because I'll feel like I'm doing so well because I haven't said uh or um. And so I yeah. can just talk for as long as I want. But then I realize, oh, shut up. You know, no, let the no. actual host speak here. No, so. no, no, no. People, I, I am the conduit. And again, before this, um, and my whole podcast is Oz and Zoms during the guest interview, uh, the guest chats. Why do I keep calling interviews? I'm trying to go for a chat. Um, I do monologue intros. Like if you listen to this, uh, you know, I, I I don't know. You're a very busy person. You might not, but I'll, I'll probably have a monologue intro where I talk for like an hour and then we'll start your interview, like your chat. That. You know what no. though? If you can do that, good for you. Yeah. I find that very difficult to talk on my own for very long periods of time. Like there are yes. some people who do podcasts solo all the time and I'm yeah. like actually really impressed that they can do it and still keep it entertaining. Right. Well, the entertaining part that I'm working on. But well, you're, rant, you're <laughs> ranting, which is I, I don't mind, but you're not raving. So that's good. Uh, but no, when it comes to this, um, you know, this idea of like content creation, um, I, I do want to. And I promised you when I when I booked you for this uh, recording, I I did say we we're going to talk TCG. So we're going to do uninter uninterrupted 15 minutes on TCG. But um, okay. yeah, I, I got to say, like, uh you're you're the focus you you are the focus of this you are my guest i want my guest to feel as warm and inviting as possible and i want this to be a good atmosphere where you're allowed to just open up and be vulnerable so us talking about the imposter syndrome that right before we press record we we were barely even on the mics uh for like a couple of minutes but i was like we gotta we gotta like talk about this on air on the record yeah yeah because everybody always like they're I I'm sure you've gotten this now that you've been doing a podcast for a little bit. And I, we get it all the time. Is like, you know, how do you start a podcast? What, you know, what makes a good podcast or anything like to, to that subject matter. And mm -hmm. oftentimes this is the thing that gets left out, you know, like the real honesty. Cause you always, like, I think being genuine is nine times out of 10. The answer that Mike or I will give to someone mm -hmm. is like, be real, be honest, and you know, have a entertaining take on, on something, but don't be fake, you know, like or at least fake where people don't know. Like I, I'll be fake, but it's being funny or being pretend and silly. But uh the big part of that that we don't really talk about is like, you know, what are the the side effects of trying to do a podcast that's real when you don't know everything? Because no one knows mm -hmm. everything. Some are gonna know more than others, and that's right. That's a real part of it, man. There's a real mental uh, strain on on the the person behind the microphone sometimes, and 
I respect anybody doing this. So I, to your, to your credit, man. Yeah. Thank you. And, and that is the whole premise of my podcast is the hobby S Thompson, right? You're like Hunter S Thompson, try different things, try different things in the hobby so that you can really appreciate how hard it is to be, you know, that custom card artist or that person who's creating content or that person who is, you know, cleaning cards because it's every, it's so easy for everyone to just criticize each other, but to be the actual man or woman in the arena is super hard. Right. So, um, before I let you answer that with another five minute answer, yeah. I want to, I want to <laughs> switch over to TCG. Cause again, that's why I did want to have you here as well. Um, could you briefly, or as long as you want, talk about your history with TCG and I won't say TCG cards. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> um, my history with TCG is about my history with actually it's even shorter than my history with sports cards because I at least collected sports cards as a kid. I knew all about like Pokemon cards as a kid, but and it was the same time I was collecting sports cards, but I didn't, I'm not going to say like, I was definitely not like the popular kid in middle school by any means. And that's really where Pokemon was uh, having its heyday, at least for me was middle school. Um, I was not in that group, but I was also not in the group where it was, you know, you, you kind of deemed them as the nerds, like the, the not as cool kids were playing Pokemon in the cafeteria in middle school. I always thought it was really cool, but at the same time, I didn't want to be looked, you know, I didn't want to be looked down upon because I'm already looked down upon. I'm like, I'm a giant in school, not just tall, but fat too. And it's just like, oh, I already have my own troubles, like getting through school. I don't need to like add Pokemon on top of it because I was very self-aware. Um, and so I always appreciated it. And it wasn't until I got back into cards with the podcast that I saw like, you know, Oh wow. I, I mean, I knew the popular, the popularity of Pokemon uh, still because you still see it everywhere, but it wasn't until then that I really appreciated that adults can get into this. It's not for nerds by any means. It's for anybody who cares about the game. It cares about, you know, just playing uh, a game that has really fun art on it. And that's where I got into things too. Like, it's like, Oh, well, if there's Pokemon cards, there's obviously got to be other, you know, cool cards out there like there were in the 90s. And when I say that, I'm just talking about like, you know, there was a during the junk wax period, they made a card for literally everything. Like every TV show, every movie, everything had a card. And I love some of those cards. I sell those are some of my favorite cards. They may be worth like nothing or very little, but they're still like really cool to have like my, you know, Homer Simpson or my, you know, uh, Super Mario Brothers card from the late 80s. You know, these things are really cool to me, even though the, the rarity and scarcity is not there. It's still nice to have. And so now uh, I'm seeing that, oh, there's people that still make cards like this. Uh, there's like the Leaf Pop Century cards that have all the like celebrity autographs. There's the, um, I've, I've never been as into Magic the Gathering, but like the, the Pokemon stuff was always big. But then, you saw like the Marvel cards, the Star Wars cards. That stuff was always really, really cool to me too. And knowing that, you know, the 1990 Impel Marvel set was one, you know what? I, it kind of, it annoys me to a little bit of a degree that Mike gets a lot of credit for his like collection. He just started collecting like the Marvel thing. And I was collecting some of these Marvel stuff before he got into it as much. And then he saw that I got into it and other people were into it and, I mean, it's not like he's just making 
he he's not pretending he still likes marvel cards and stuff but he's got a really cool marvel set that he started with like from the 1990 impel marvel series and he's trying to get all sgc tins on all of them which is really cool to his credit and i haven't done anything like that but it's just like i i really thought that that side of the world was not real like or was not as part it wasn't part of a hobby like the sports card thing was and only later to find out that now pokemon is i think it's the third no no no. i think it's the largest media um uh what is the term it's like the it makes more money as far as the ip the content of Mm -hmm. pokemon than anything else and that includes star wars that includes you know all the i think hello kitty maybe next in line or something like that but pokemon is huge and to think like that you talk about it on this the podcast like i talk about it and there's a lot of there's a number of guys who really appreciate it they want to hear more but then there's other guys who like you know they'll take the camp of making fun of it and to mike's credit he'll make fun of it but he also does appreciate like oh there is a base like there's a there are people that do like it but you know that's not as widely talked about on the pod so i just like sometimes i'm wondering like do these guys even get that this is hugely popular and it you're just not going to hear like i don't see you i don't see pokemon guys making fun of sports card guys like sports card guys make fun of pokemon guys you know Mm. what i mean I'm sorry. Well, that's my rant. That's my five well, minute so answer. Call no, it right I mean, there. some of them. Yeah. Thank you for uh, coming on yeah. the show. Yeah, uh, exactly. Have a good evening. <laughs> um, no, the, the great curator, he actually claps back, which I like to see. Uh, mm-hmm. He's very edgy and funny. And that's what I like. Uh, it's a very endearing. Um, but I, no, I, I don't think that we need to other each other or like dip other people's buckets or rain on people's parades to celebrate our own cards and our own collections. But I do see some of that again, almost like an East Coast, West Coast rap battle thing going on. And you know, yeah. it's just, it's kind of like, unless it's done really funny, like mm-hmm. I think it has to be humorous. If it, but it's just, if it's just straight venom or um, vitriol, I, it just turns me off. I'm just not, and I don't have to, I mean, sometimes I have clap back at comment sections, but like, it's just not fun. It's not funny. And I'm here for the the humor and the fun and the entertaining aspects. So um, no, but I thank agree. you for sharing your history of it. Uh, let me ask you uh, your favorite Pokemon. I mean, I often say Charizard just because, like, I I first got into Pokemon around that same time as the card game was really popular. Like, uh, it was middle school or something. My parents had just gotten a divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom had moved into apartments nearby, and she got us, my brother and I, um, I think this was, like, one of her ways of, like, still, you know, not, like, trying to be, like, the best parent, but, like, trying to be, like, hey, you know, we still love you and this is a, a gift to make you feel better during this sad time. So uh-huh. she got me and my brother uh the Game Boy Colors that had oh, just recently come yeah. out. Yeah. And I got the Pokemon Red and Jake my brother got the Pokemon Blue. Mm-hmm. And we even got the cable where you could like connect them together yes. and then like trade and battle and all that stuff. So Dude, cool. that was when I really got into it. and Pokemon uh Red was Charizard, of course. And so that was like he was my guy that I took around everywhere. So it's kind of yeah. hard. But now, like, and when Pokemon Go first came out, like, I had yeah. taken a break from, like, Pokemon. I, <laughs> I knew I kind of, like, would watch a little content here and there yeah. about it. But I didn't really do anything Pokemon until Pokemon Go, Go came out, and which is, I think was, like, I want to say 2016, maybe, mm-hmm. something yeah. around there. Um, and I got really into it. 
um, took a little break for a few months, got really uh, back into it when I was working at Dell um, right before I, I mm. did the podcast, did it with a, a few guys there. And um, only recent, excuse me, only recently in the last maybe month or so, I've gotten back into it and it's a problem. It's a real problem. Like I like, I mean, I'm over here during this interview. I have pulled up the app to see if there's any Pokemon around me that I don't have just to make sure I get it in time. Cause it is a weirdly addicting game and it has brought me not only cause during, before I started playing this again, I was already getting back into the cards and stuff. Um, yeah, it's 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 an addicting habit. That's a very very long answer for what's your favorite Pokemon. Uh, well, good because my next question is going to be what's Taylor Swift's favorite Pokemon? Oh, does she she is all day uh, an Ekans. I don't know why Ekans, she's very. Ekans. She loves. Uh, it was the Kanye West influence on her. I think that's so now. absolutely what. what uh, is, yeah. No, I I know I only have you for three minutes. I keep looking at the clock because I want to be very mindful of your time. It, it, so it, it is hard stop in three minutes, right? Dang it! Uh, give it. We'll we'll take it till I, it's something I need to be prepared for. Till uh, yeah, let's give it seven more. Okay, so the reason I wanted to see how much time is one. Um, I wanted to see how long I could go with this silly thing. I am not outing you, by the way, right now, but I will out myself. Out you me, have talked about on the, <laughs> you have talked about in the podcast about how uh, on your podcast, Work Cards Nonsense, powered by Spotify and The Ringer, um, that. You have driven for Pokemon. Oh God, I, yes. <laughs> I have driven for Pokemon. No more. Oh, you than play po Pokemon Go too. That's yeah. What, okay. We'll, we'll yep. become friends offline with that. Yes. Um, you gotta send me a friend request. We, uh, when I say we, I, in the middle of the night, uh, I will drive five miles. Uh, no, what, what, what's the cutoff? I think it's like twenty miles an hour. So people who bike can still do it. But if you're driving, you can't go over twenty miles an hour. Yep. So I'm just slowly going through the neighborhood. And one night, uh, my car completely uh, shut down. The engine just kind of, I don't know what happened, but I know a friend, oh, it was like some sort of electric thing. So he helped me get a jump. Um, I tried calling like AAA and they said they were going to be like, you know, two hours. And I'm like, you know, I had a friend in the neighborhood. So he, he jumped me and in the good way, not in the bad way. He jumped me. <laughs> And he was like, so what are you doing out here in, you know, over near my house? And, he, and I was like, I'm, I'm doing Pokemon. And so every single text exchange I have with him uh, since then is, hey, um, are you going to go out for Pokemon? <laughs> are you going to go out for Pokemon tonight? Yeah. Um, it's, <laughs> Listen, it's, man, I'm not going to yeah. be in the neighborhood. I can't come and jump you in case your, your car breaks down. So just let me know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, but no, that's my little Pokemon Go story. But that brings me to a really, uh, you know, a, a good, easy transition, which I'm working on transitions, is the the collecting and the hobby with you and your daughter because you mentioned that you had a daughter so yeah. uh, you are family man you are uh you i i've seen you know just all the content and like where you are very um you're you're your family man you really are and so really? yeah so i can you tell me just maybe a little bit about how the the hobby influences you as a parent and like you know all the things that you do with with her yeah, well, I mean, first off, like on a more secular sense, like the the hobby is my job. It's how I provide for my family. You know, mm -hmm. like it's it is a big deal that I get to do this. Not only because it's a lot of fun, but it also makes sure that my 
kid has clothes and, you know, she can do the things she needs to. My wife can get groceries, all that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's a, and there's also like a big distinction that I don't think I've ever really talked about is, you know, on the podcast, Mike is known as the guy who has done really well and been really successful. And he buys properties now because of the hobby and all this stuff. Mm. That's not my story. Like I, I make a decent living doing this mm-hmm. and like doing this as a living, but I, I don't, have the money to go invest in properties and stuff like that. Like, it's not like I I'm broke by any means, but it is definitely a different story where sometimes it'll be like, you know, Jesse and I don't need the money. I'm just like, dude, shut up. Speak for yourself. <laughs> like I, yeah, I'll take a little extra money. You know, if I, if I can put some in savings or something. So, mm-hmm. um, so that being said, that's where, uh, as far as how it benefits, how it affects my family, but uh, on the more like, you know, sentimental enjoyment side is, it's really fun to see her react the way I did, like collecting, like, cause I did at the, there was a time people think this is funny. There was a time where I really appreciated pulling like a Scotty Pippen or like a Carl Malone or something out of a pack of cards as a, mm-hmm. as a young kid. Mm-hmm. And to see the enjoyment she gets, she doesn't care about the, the sports at all. I can't, I think there may be a day, but at this point she loves pulling Pokemon packs and like she, no, she's probably knows more about the actual card game than I do at this point. Um, and she gets really into, you know, the XP and what can this one do and all this. And I just like, I don't know, it's not a really expensive thing to do either. Like to be able to go buy a pack for five bucks or less. And uh, we start going through them and she's like, Oh, what is this one? Oh, my buddy has this one over there. I want to go trade with him. And I don't know. It's really instilled in me like the the times where like I get a little hate for being anything but a sports card lover is those are the times when I remember like oh there's a much larger community but more importantly there's my daughter who loves this as well so mm. I have no issues with backing that play continuing to be the nonsense uh, of sports cards nonsense and promoting Pokemon. That's awesome. Uh, thank you for that very endearing answer. So I'm going to get a little bit silly here. I've had time to think about it since you said it, but so I'll go first. Okay. And then I want you to go and give me your take. One is I think that Scottie Pippen, I'm thinking, okay, who is his Pokemon analog? I'm going to go with <laughs> Executor because he was so long. I, that's probably a really Ooh. bad answer. Pippen, Pokemon, Jesse, go. Oh my God, I was not prepared for this. I know, oh, um, I know, I know, I'm sorry. Oh man, I got one for Rodman, but now I'm trying to think. Ooh, okay, so give me the Rodman one. Hitmochan. Um, oh yeah, that's a great one. I mean, I just feel like that just makes a lot of sense to me. That might have been the one I, I was thinking about that one for Carl Malone, but I actually came up with Machamp for for Carl Malone. Okay, because yeah, of the I muscles, you know, because yeah. uh, Carl Malone was all muscles. Absolutely. So, I um, honestly, you know what I think of when I think because I think of. Okay, so. From in my opinion, all right. So mm-hmm. you, don't at me, people. Don't, don't um, the Charizard is like the goat. So yeah. I think of Michael Jordan goat, Jordan, right? Absolutely. I kind of view it as like a Charmeleon type of thing for Pippin. <gasps> you know, like it's like you know a little step down, but like he was a big player. He he's mm. we wouldn't have Charmander or Charizard without Charmeleon. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's kind of that's where I'm going with it. Okay, so we, before we get to Carmelo, I got to ask you. Then, who's the Charmander of that three of that evolution? Oh, like, that's is it... that's Luke Longley all day, <laughs> all day long, all day long. Luke, 
Don't add him, Luke. He's he's a uh, he's a uh, he's um. It's an Australian. I think uh, I've seen some people uh, take pictures of him. He's and I have his autograph card, but do not That's add awesome. him. The Longley family. All right, Carl Malone. I said my champ could be a better one. Someone with big muscles, maybe uh, um, loves motorcycles. I don't know. Here's the thing, Carl Malone is going to be a little bit different for me because I've heard he's not maybe the greatest guy um, I've heard. in some cases. So I'm going to say like a Gengar, like, uh, like, cause he is still big. He's like, he's intense, but also yeah. I've all, I've always viewed Gengar as like kind of like a mean guy. Like, I don't know. Yeah, no, no, you're, you're absolutely accurate. Gengar. Okay. Um, by the way, a little plug for my little Pokemon Go account. Yep. Gengar, we have a uh, what is it? Four star, yeah, hundred percent four star shiny shadow. Like we didn't even have to like purify it. Oh my god, what, what? is it called? Like it's everything. It's every perfect. It's every uh, good what? thing you could have. Uh, and we just like got him in a uh, from an egg, I think. But again, all the sports people have tuned out, but it's all right. I do feel kind of... bad for them, but yeah, it's a fun game though, guys. If you're looking for something yeah. to get into, I only have one perfect. I've got one what perfect, no, uh, but it's not a shiny. Like you, yeah. you have me beat on that. It's a Gyarados. Yeah, um, Gyarados is great. Yeah, no, there's yeah, no way I'm... you have one four star. You know how you can search for the perfects, right? You just no, I know, but I, well, yeah. first off, I don't have I I don't have any four star. I thought three star was the max it went up to. No, we gotta talk offline. Yeah, we gotta talk offline. Friend, I, I mean, friend, look, look at this. Do, oh, you can't. Yeah, it's, I can't it's see the it. Screen blur. Don't it's, delete. Yeah, I'm don't delete any Pokemon. I'm gonna help you out. We're we're not level uh, sixty players. I, I forget what the cap yeah. is now, but um, we got up really high. There's a there are people who've gotten to sixty. What level are you? No, see now I gotta pull up. See, this is gonna take too long. You gotta go in like a minute here. I know. Oh Pokemon, God, I gotta go. Already, go yeah. But, yeah. Pokemon Go. See, that's gonna play the music no, and all that. Okay, okay, that's um, fine. That's fine. No, but uh, so we have two accounts. So you can hear it in the background. <laughs> copyright, copyright, copyright. Uh, let's exit. Well, yeah, out. just uh, talk over it. Talk over it. Talk over it. Okay, forty. So, so the cap isn't sixty; it's fifty. But one account. We have, I have two boys. I have two accounts. Okay. One is at level forty-two. The the other one's at forty-one. Dang, I should have never so, stopped playing for a few years. Yeah, I'm no, only... we 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 did the pay, uh, we did the pay version, the freemium, you know, the the pay version of the freemium, and then once I got into cards, I told them they had no more money for the paid, uh, the paid yeah. uh, stuff. So that's <laughs> awesome parenting uh, by me. I'm a 34, so I'm obviously I got a lot of work to do. So. I I will help you as much as I can. Thank um, you. I have a. They new... probably don't let 34s have four star. That's why I don't know about. No, it, so. no, I think we, yeah. okay. We'll definitely talk. Um, Jesse, the uh, level 34 sports boy, Rhodes Gibson, with uh, you know a family uh, man and a uh, TCG uh, lover and uh, sports card nonsense and um host the better of the two duo you have been an excellent guest thank you so much for bringing so much uh banter and nonsense to the uh car diary oh, any man. last words uh have me back i've got so much more to nonsense to talk about anytime awesome well good luck with uh the next thing you got to do uh and uh hope you have a wonderful day listeners i don't have good outros i'll just say can you say a Wiedersehen to our German listener, though? A Wiedersehen. Oh, yeah. Danke. <laughs> yes, das boot. Indeed. Das ist gut. Das, das boot. All right.
You have a wonderful day. Thanks, Jesse. See you, man. Thanks again. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the 25th episode of The Card Diary by Javi S. Thompson. You can find me on Instagram at Danny underscore cards. Please DM me or comment on the clip to reels that I make for the show if you like it. Or at the very least, I would greatly appreciate it if you leave a rating and review so that others can find out about this podcast. We are nearing 1,000 plays across all episodes. And the next two episodes, barring any last second national discussion should be my chat with the one and only Courtney Reckless from Reckless Cards. And to sign off to my listeners in Estonia, Huvasti!